turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. I want to encourage you this morning. Mark chapter 11. In the background story is, is Jesus cursed this fig tree, and it withered up, and the disciples were amazed, and they, they uh, drew attention to the issue, and, and he said, yes, um, have faith in God. And then he said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And this is a, a discipleship lesson. It's the thing about disciples, you can ask questions and Jesus will always answer. And he... he was teaching them how to walk by faith. And, and the little trick to it that's, that's hard for us to sometimes get our head around, uh, these were intelligent men, uh, and, and, you know, some of them are in business for themselves. But this whole thing of faith is not easy. And he's actually telling them, he says, you have to believe, and then you'll receive it. Sometimes we want to receive it, and then we'll believe it. And he turns this whole thing around. He says, what happened to the fig tree is an exercise in believing something even though you can't see it. And you say it, and if you believe in your heart and you don't doubt it, you will actually have what you've asked for. So he, he's trying to get them to, to uh, receive it on the front end by faith, whether they can see it or not. And that's hard for us. And, and if... I come from a Swiss-German background, like many of you, and, and it's hard for my head to do this whole faith thing. I, it has to make sense. It has to be logical. And, and God has given us good minds, but there's this area of faith that goes beyond logic, that it's not natural. It's actually supernatural. And there's lots of things in our life, in our businesses, in our day-to-day -day life, that you can get by with common sense. You can get by with prudence. You can get by doing things the way you normally do things. But there's certain breakthroughs and there's certain things in the miraculous that you can't get to with your head. You're going to have to go with your heart. You're going to have to believe. And he says, believe that you have received it, and then you'll have it. Now, you apply that to healing. He's actually saying, believe that you've been healed, and then you'll be healed. It's hard to do. Believe, you know, when you need finances and you're struggling financially, believe that your finances have been taken care of, that, that what he said he would do, he has done. Before you see anything come in the mail or anything improve in your finances, you, have, you actually have to believe it and then you receive it. And that's hard for us to do. And Jesus understands that. He's working with these people uh, but it's, it's normal. It's all through the Bible. It's from Genesis all the way through. In fact, let's go to Romans chapter 4 and see where it plays out in Paul's writing. Book of Romans is a masterful study of, of human history. It starts with the fall of man and goes through uh, when we received this fallen nature and every, everything that God created got altered and, and then how Jesus came and 
and redeemed it all and brought it all back around. It's an amazing study. And partway through the study, it gets to the issue of faith. And uh, watch this. Let's, let's go to verse 16. Now, I'm cutting in on the middle of a thought. And I can't take time this morning to develop the thought. This is kind of like taking a piece of bacon out of the middle of the slab. And it kind of messes things up all around it. And, and that's what I'm doing. And let you know I'm doing that on the front end. Listen to this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be of grace, or uh, might be according to grace, New King James. The way I learned this was that it, uh, through meditation and, and, and study, I come out where it must be by faith that it might be by grace. It must be by faith that it might be by grace. So grace, we'll call that the feelings that follow or the results that follow, uh, when we believe, and, and, and the way this whole thing is set up, and God's the author of faith. He's the one that created faith. He's a God of faith. He said you have to believe by faith before you can experience it. And, and uh, everything in the kingdom works that way. The baptism of the Spirit, a lot of people have trouble with that because you actually have to believe you've received the baptism of the Spirit before you have feelings that show you've received the baptism of the Spirit. And a lot of people get hung up on that. You have to believe that you have a gift of the Spirit before you actually see the gift of the Spirit. You have to believe you're right with God before you have feelings that you're right with God. Everything works this way. And Abraham, Abraham's the first guy to really walk with God by faith. Um, and his life of faith is documented. He started with no faith. His dad was a, a pagan worship leader or worship uh, worshiper. He worshipped idols, and he takes Abraham on a journey, and and you see where he has very little faith. He's he he's being tested, and he exercises faith, and God rewards that. And then it gets to a place of crazy, extreme, radical faith. And and all the way through, he's he's human. So he, he falters, he fails, there's times he doesn't believe, and, and it's a wonderful story. I never really liked Abraham because I just saw him as kind of this old sheik in the desert, not realizing that he's, he's critical to my faith. And so when I was going down, learning about faith, everything I could about it, uh, the Lord said, you have to get to know Abraham. You have to get to know Abraham. He's the father of faith. His journey is, is the same as your journey. What I take Abraham through, I'm going to take you through. It's exactly the same. And so Abraham became very, very important to me. The more I got to know him, just like my neighbor next door, I read everything I could about Abraham. I'm surprised how much is in the Bible about Abraham. But everything he promised him, everything he took him, took him on this journey, everything happened just the way God said. Now, Abraham had to walk by faith, and so there's, there's parts of it where you just, you just do it, you go, even though you, it doesn't make sense. Even though your head's balking, what am I, like Abraham, for example, was invited to walk with God, leave his family, and go on a journey into the unknown. Imagine what his family thought of that. Where are you going off in this spirituality thing? Where are you going off in this Christianity thing? That's what they say to us. Well, it's a, I can't explain it, and I can't make sense of it to you, but I feel in my heart God wants me to take this journey. 
He would have had to have done that. Watch this. This is We read verse 16, part of it. Uh, let's read it again. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of, of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, God said that. In the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So God is the first one who actually started saying things as if it was a done deal, even though it wasn't a done deal in the natural. And God did this. He did this to Abraham. For example, he said, Abraham, I'm going to change your name. You're Abram, but I'm going to start calling you Abraham, which is the father of the nations. Meanwhile, he doesn't have any children. And God's doing this. He said, I, he calls those things that are not as though they were. So the longer you work with God and as you walk with God, he'll take you places in faith you could never otherwise get to. And you, and you have to relate to him on faith terms. It is by faith that we please God. So there's some stuff that doesn't make sense. There's some things that are anti-social or counter-social. There are some things that are awkward, and, and, but he goes with it. Because there's times you have to believe. You have to believe regardless what your body's saying, regardless what your finances are saying, regardless what other people are saying, you have to believe. He calls those things that are not. Imagine being called Abraham. And so the first thing he had to do is go out and change his mailbox. And he puts Abraham, you know, father, father of nations on his mailbox. And the mail postman says, you got a new mailbox here with a new name on it. Uh, Father of Nations? And he says, yeah, Father of Nations. That's, that's my name now. He says, well, I don't see a sandbox. I don't see a swing. I don't see the driveway littered with toys. Father of, Father of the Nations? How many kids do you have, Abraham? He says, none. But I am. I am the father of nations. Kings will come out of my loins. The one who's going to bless all of the world is going to come out of me. All the world's going to be blessed because of me. It doesn't make sense. And he's an old guy. Watch, let's keep reading. It says that, Verse 18, who contrary to hope, there's lots of things that are contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. It actually happened. According to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, and there's times you have to disregard what you see and what you feel. His body's already dead since he's over about 100 years old. God actually promised us when he was younger, but waited until it was impossible to happen in the natural so that God would receive all the glory. Then he looked at Sarah. Sarah's still attractive. We know the kings wanted her. She's still attractive, but her womb is dead, past the age of childbearing. 
Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. There's different ways to read that. One is his faith gave glory to God. That's true. But it also has to do with worship. It has to do with praise, where as he just kept staying with it in praise, it actually came to pass. And I think that's where a lot of us have to go. That's where a lot of us, a lot of us are going to have to live in this whole faith journey. So Abraham is being told, I see you and I call you and I've purpose for you to be the father of nations. Even though you can't conceive in the natural. Even though you're past age. Amazing. So picture Abraham passing through this town. He goes to a barber shop to get a haircut. He sits in the barber chair. and The barber says, hey, old timer, you're new to these parts. He's, yeah, I'm just passing through. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Ur. Where are you going? Well, I'm not sure. What's your name? You can see Abraham kind of look down and shake his head. Then his chest swells a little bit, and he cranes his neck back, and he says, I am the father of the nations. That's my name. <laughs> How awkward was it? And the barber says, really? You're the father of nations? He says, yes, I am the father of nations. And the barber says, well, how many kids do you have at this stage of your life? He says, none. But I thought you said your name was the father of nations. He said, I am the father of nations. And I think there's times where our faith and our belief in God and God's word and what he's promised makes us look stupid. Makes us look foolish to the eyes of logic, to the eyes of through the eyes of thinking people. There's something about faith that it's not something that you make up with your head. It's something you go with with your heart. And there'll be a conflict, and your head will be saying, but, 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 the data's not in. You need a test. You need to prove this. And your heart says, no, I believe. I believe God. I believe it's a done deal. I believe it's going to happen. Do you realize this morning you're sitting inside of my faith? And I sat out in this parking lot believing for this building. And here we are. Not just the building, but so many things have happened. It's just been a tremendous release. It wasn't just me. There was a team of us. Uh, Nelson walked the property before we did anything, before we found out who even owned the building. And <clears throat> we believed. Phil and I and Nelson and others, our wives, they stood and they said, yeah, this is, this is way, way out of our reach. This is out of our reach, way beyond us. Because when we looked at us in the natural, we had nothing. But what we banked heavily on was the favor of God in the sense that he had been stirring us up to believe for a building. But we would not be here today if somebody didn't go after this thing in a radical way by believing something that was impossible. It would not have happened. And there's things in your marriage, there's things in your finances, there's things in your health, there's things in your businesses that will not happen 
And I think my objective here isn't to assume that you don't have faith. My, my objective is to confirm the times that you have done this and confirm the need for a radical stepping out and believing. It's not like, it's not like I do this every waking moment. I, I face, there's some circumstances I just face with common sense and just understand how to navigate it. But there are, there are places that I cannot get to without radical faith. You have to believe in spite of the circumstances. There's, it's not hope if you, if you can already see it. It's not faith if you already have it. You have to exercise it whether you feel it or whether you see it or not. That's, that's the difference. It'd be good for you to continue reading here in Romans. It really takes apart this whole faith concept. Back in the 1900s, 1970, I think, something, maybe 75, it came out. A little track came out that helped so many people come to know Jesus. It was called The Four Spiritual Laws, a little tiny orange booklet. And we'd buy them by the caseload, and we're passing them out. And, and it just explains salvation so simply in some little illustrations. And, and one of the things that stuck with me is this illustration of how faith works. And so Jen's going to put it up behind us here, and you'll see it. This, this was in the, tr in the track. And so it shows it as a train. So the fact is what you're believing for. The fact is what God has said. And that's the fact. I need this. Or this is what he has promised. Then you have to exercise faith. And then feelings follow. And any time we get the caboose on the front end or these, these train cars get switched around, it won't work. It won't work. You have to believe that you're healed or you won't be healed. You have to believe you have the ability to speak in another language or you won't, you won't have that other language. And, and God won't ever change this. This is something he's established. It's not, a, it's not a church thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a word of faith thing. It's a God thing. It's a Romans thing. It's an Abraham thing. It goes back to the beginning of time. And when we get this all mixed up, I mean, many people, they say, well, if I felt it, then I'll believe it. And ah, it won't work. It just won't happen. Even though God's provided it, God's provided healing, he's provided salvation, he's provided righteousness, so you won't feel right with God until you accept the fact that you are right with God. Not based on you being right. Not based on you doing everything right. You actually have to say, I am righteous before God because he said I was righteous. I am right before God. God will hear me. God will look at me when I pray. God will respond to me as if, I, as if I was as righteous as Jesus. Not because I do everything right, not because I'm right, but because he said I'm righteous. He's clothed me with righteousness. He's given me a gift of righteous, righteousness. It's not like I do everything right and I've got this thing worked out and therefore I feel righteous. I've seen people... <coughs> I've seen people go down that path and they never feel righteous. They do everything right, but they never feel righteous. If you want the feeling, you actually have to believe that you're right with God. And then the feelings follow. Isn't that weird? Isn't that 
seem counterintuitive? But it's true. <clears throat> it's how it works. So there, there are two brothers in England back in the 1700s, John and Charles Wesley. And they were good boys. Their mom, mom, their dad was a preacher. Their mom was amazing, amazing woman. She had all these kids. I forget, 10, 11, 13 kids, all these kids, all in one, one room, homeschooling them. They all learned three or four languages. They could all read and write. They're all musical. I mean, they're, they're amazing kids. She just poured everything into those kids. And they were good, godly churchmen, became ordained. But they weren't born again. They didn't know they were born again, or they, they, they didn't know they weren't born again until they met some people who were. They were on a ship coming across to America to be missionaries, sent out as missionaries, and they'd get around these Moravians who aren't afraid of the storm. And they couldn't believe the way they, they even the kids were just at peace in the middle of a storm on the Atlantic on the Atlantic, and they said, how can you, how is it? And they said, we, we know Jesus, we're born again. Well, they knew Jesus, John and Charles knew Jesus in their heads, <clears throat> but hadn't had an experience with him in their hearts. There's lots of people like that, good people, good, good church people. And you could never have convinced them that they weren't Christians, but they said, they have something that we don't have. They have an experience that we haven't had. They came to the mission field in Georgia. It was a disaster. They end up going back shortly thereafter. It wasn't a successful mission trip. They were discouraged. They went back and they said, it, this, we, need to get, we need to get things right. With, we need to become Christians. We can't evangelize the heathens unless we're saved. But how do we get saved? And they met with the Moravians. The Moravians tried to explain it to them, how to be saved and and, and Charles got it. He, he became born again and was filled with joy, filled with peace. He said, had I known, had I known that it would feel this good, had I, had I known the joy, had I known the kind of peace my heart feels, I, I didn't know this was possible. I know I'm born again because I have all these feelings. Well, it made John mad. Because he was believing and had no feelings and created tension between the brothers. Imagine having your meal and having meetings with your brother, and he's over the moon. He's, he's, a, he's a worship guy anyway, so he's, he's in that whole feeling camp. He's over the moon in love with Jesus and feeling euphoria and joy, and he's, his face is glowing, and you're sitting there in a, in a funk because you believe, but you have no feelings. Have you ever met anyone who's come away and they've come on fire and you look at them and you say, well, I don't feel the way they feel, but I believe what they believe. Well, John had a real hard time with that. And he was arguing with his brother. I believe. Here's the, here's the creed, I believe. <clears throat> and he'd work through it and talk about the creed. So he went to a Moravian. He almost didn't do it. He went to a Moravian Bible study. 
And the Moravians were going through the Book of Romans. They were actually going through Martin Luther's commentary on the Book of Romans, verse by verse. Then it came to this whole thing where it says, the just shall live by faith. And it came to this whole thing in Romans 4 where it's, it's you're righteous by faith. And he said, okay, all right, all right. I believe I am righteous whether I feel it or not. I believe it because your word says it. I believe it because you did it. I say I am redeemed. I say I am saved. I say I say I believe. I believe. I believe with no feelings. And then the caboose happened. The feelings followed. And all of a sudden he felt this warm glow in his heart at a place called Aldersgate. He felt this warm glow, and, and from that time on, he helped so many people navigate that, that difficult thing of how do you believe something, that you have it, before you have it. You have it by faith before you have it physically. And uh, both those experiences are real. You'll meet both of those kinds of Christians You'll have both of those kinds of experiences, but you're going to have to navigate this whole thing between the battle between your head and your heart. You have to go with your heart. Lots of times you're going to have to go with your heart. There's a, a little old lady who got a phone call from the prison where her son was incarcerated. She said, the prison warden said, I'm sorry to tell you that your son John, uh, Tom, your son Tom has died in prison. And she listened, and she said, you got the wrong number. Uh, don't you have a son, Tom, in prison? Yes, I do. But he died. And she says, no, that's not possible, because the Lord told me that he was going to preach the gospel someday, and he's going to be in the ministry. You've got the wrong number. You've got the wrong Tom Carter. And they called back a little while later, and they said, oops. We, we called the wrong family. She had to go with her heart what the Lord said, regardless of what her feelings and what, what logic would have said. The person who wrote the story I'm telling you is Reverend Thomas Carter, who became a pastor when he got out of prison and became a minister. He wrote the story about his mom having to experience that. There's times that'll happen to you. There's times that'll happen to us as a church, but it will happen. There are moments this kind of faith will happen. Jesus, different times, would do different things that were radical. I mean, he, they got word to him that Lazarus, his friend, had died. And he said, no, he's only sleeping. And they questioned him further. And they got a big flurry of activity. And finally, he said, okay, he's dead. <laughs> but let's go. But he starts off with 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 a statement of faith another time it was a, a young girl and he said she's he went into the into the house and all the professional mourners were there and and he said out loud he said she's sleeping and and they they laughed him to scorn they said we know dead and she's dead and he sent them all out and then brought her out alive i mean there's times it just doesn't make sense there's times it doesn't look sociably acceptable but it must be by faith 
that it might be by grace. You have to believe that the demons have left before you see the manifestation of it. You have to believe that it's been taken care of and deliverance has happened before you see, before you see the end result or you'll never see the end result. You have to believe that you have the ability uh, to speak in tongues or whatever it is. You have to believe that you have that before you do it. And for me, I had it backwards. I, I wanted this fire hose kind of rushing experience where I'd have all the feelings and have all the, then I would believe it. And it just never happened. And it postponed and frustrated a, a process. And when finally I said, I believe I have it before I had it in the natural. Once I did that, it started to flow. It started to percolate. And that's a, that's a tripping point for many, many people. They stumble over that. But it's not my idea. It's not some church idea. It's not some Pentecostal idea. It's not something that come out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It come from Jesus. It came from the Father. The Father is faith-oriented. He's the one who calls those things that are not as though they were. And we as children are going to, there's times you're going to have to go at it with faith. There's no other way around it. You have to believe. And you have to take steps. Steps of obedience sometimes based on faith. It doesn't make sense. I hope this is helpful. Uh, I, 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 I want you to be able to face the conflicts that come down the pike that rattle your life. And emotions will hit you and ideas will hit you that create emotions. And, and it looks like everything's going wrong and going in the wrong direction. And someone has to stop and say, no, I, I go back to the original guidance. I believe God put this in my heart. I believe this is what he said. And I'm staying with that regardless how it appears. And that's what Abraham did. You're going to have to do that. It'll be required of you at times. Yeah. yeah. Let's stand together. It's not saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe until you convince yourself. It's believing with your heart. So if there, whatever it is you're dealing with right now, why don't you bring that before the Lord? And why don't you ask him to show you how to, how to get to a place where you're on the other side of it. Ask him for a promise. Ask him to speak to you. Tell me you want something to stand on. He's not offended, by the way. If you ask for a sign, if you're sincere, Gideon did that. He, he called for a fleece. God was not mad at him. He was not upset. He did every, everything that he asked of him. He even called him a mighty man of valor, even though he was cowering behind the threshing floor. But he worked with him. He worked with him. He worked with Abraham. Say, Lord, would you work with me? I want to do faith that pleases you. I want to walk in faith in a way that makes you proud of me. I want to bring glory and honor to you. I want this kind of faith. I want faith that makes a difference, but I'm asking that you help me. 
Help me to get my heart around this issue of faith. In Jesus' name. During the middle of COVID, I saw newspaper article after newspaper article that says restaurants won't survive COVID. Everything is closed and masked and social distancing. And then I picked up the local paper here one day, and there's this headline that said that Amity Coffee Shop's expanding, that they bought a, bought a new building right in the middle of COVID. I remember my chest swelling, and I think of these young people. This is, this is radical belief. This is a family that gathered around and said, a family of faith that said, we are going to believe that we can actually when all the news is saying that COVID is a restaurant killer, coffee shops closed all over the world. And one coffee shop on a little main street in Penyan said, we're going to expand. We're going to buy. We're going to break out. We're going to renovate. And the family joined together, pooled their resources. And, 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 and when I go in there and I see that place and see how beautiful it is and how accommodating it is, I can't tell you how pleased, how, how I'm proud. I think there's a place where you can be proud of things. There's a kind of pride that's off-putting. There's a kind of proud that has arrogance attached to it. Then there's a deep satisfaction in your heart where you just feel so pleased that it worked, so pleased. I love seeing steps of faith. I love seeing people believe God and believe God's word. I'm proud of that when that happens. I think that's a good kind of proud. We should be, be proud when our kids do that as well. So anyway, I'm just thinking of that. That's a, that's a wonderful story that means a lot to me to see because it was right in the middle of a, a time when everyone's saying, you can't do that, and they did. You can go down there and drink coffee inside of their faith. Amen.